Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. In our last program, if you didn't see it, we talked about the fact that there is a graduation problem in higher education, uh, especially at the two-year level. So now the the question is, Zahi, what do we do about that graduation problem? Well, uh, I don't think I, I know question, the actual right? answer, right? <laughs> But thanks for putting me on the spot. I, I'm thinking about things that I have either personally witnessed or have read about and seen the statistics of that 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 support um, that those measures that were taken were effective. You know, something that that I think uh, we talked about before that I think is critical is the implementation of the guided pathways approaches. Guided pathways, again, is four pillars. Uh, one is for the student to identify their path, two, to get them on the path as quick as possible. Three is to make sure they stay on the path and four is to measure their learning. But if, if we talk specifically about the second pillar, which is getting them as soon as possible onto that trail to success, uh, I'm thinking in particular about multiple measure uh, placement. I'm thinking in particular about co-requisite remediation because a lot of the students that come into colleges don't get to uh, college level math and English classes and in many cases can't get to any college level classes uh, because of those barriers. Therefore, those are people who are coming in that we're pushing out the door. And, and when we talk about an 86% national graduation average in high school, knowing nationally that there are standards, uh, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that those people all of a sudden, when they come through our doors, cannot read and write and do basic uh, math. Right. Well, and I think, too, one of the things that's really important from that retention standpoint uh, on an academic side is early intervention. If if students are starting to struggle, uh, you know, so, you know, progress reports, for example, uh, you know, as is, is one example where uh, a student starts to struggle, getting that addressed very early is very important because, you know, if you have a student that is proverbially circle, circling the drain in a class, you know, they're they're starting to fail, um, if you can help them get out of that early rather than wait until it's too late, um, you know, that's really helpful. I've, I've read about colleges that, you know, have even been able to go down to granular things where, you know, maybe you have a math class that is a required part of the course and people that are, you know, math majors or in math intensive fields their you know early intervention level is at a different level than somebody that is maybe a fine arts person you know the first time that fine arts person gets a c for example maybe tutoring gets suggested to them um, to help them succeed uh, yes and this is actually the third pillar of, of the guided pathways which is to keep the individuals on on the path uh, and the trail to success uh, so that means we need to invest in academic advising and counseling. We need to invest in the tools to com of communication between the various arms of the institution, starting with the faculty uh, and so on. However, uh, 
I think as a key component to that success is how we structure our instruction. I am a proponent of not just thinking about midterm and finals. By the time you're mid, mid, uh, midterm through the, the semester, it might be super late. I am in favor of those formative assessments. Yes, we need a summative assessment. I'm going to give you that one. But, but not everything should be one of those summative assessments. Let's work with the students. Give them the continuous feedback from day one. I think at some point, I, I remember uh, the Department of Education was talking about the meaningful assessment within the first few days of class. Because that helps you. That it, it, it forms an idea of where the students are and it tells the students, in addition to telling the instructor, it tells the student what potential uh, difficulties they're facing. And now starts the relationship, that mentoring, that working together. And that opens uh, wide open the door of asking the question of, especially in two-year colleges, the heavy reliance on part-time instructors. Is that the route to success, right? We are teaching. That is true, but those are individuals that, because of the way we're operating and our budgetary constraints, we're telling them you can only teach this much. So they're only paid for the time they spend in the classroom with the students. They haven't prepared for the class. They haven't corrected. They haven't uh, done any assessments. And we're not giving them any materials to support them in many cases. So I think... I keep on talking about revolutionizing education because I don't think that small incremental changes are going to be able to help us. I'm not trying to be a naysayer here, and I talked for a while. Well, and I think one of the other things, you know, it's 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 always academics that is sort of the default go-to when you start talking about graduation rates. But, you know, the the other reality in this is addressing other concerns that that can be barriers for students. Um, you know, you, you talk about food insecurity, for example, you talk about housing insecurity. Um, you know, at the community college level, you have students that, uh, you know, may be working a full-time job raising a family because, you know, they went back to college when they were 34 years old, as opposed to, you know, at 18 years old, when most people haven't you know, started all of those things. So, you know, part of the important thing with with success and and student services is not solely that of making sure that tutoring is available or making sure a library is open, you know, at a certain time, but it's, you know, it's working to address the concerns, you know, beyond. So it may be something like having a food pantry, having an, you know, having access to mental health counseling, having somewhere, you know, where you feel, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not in a good position, you know, as far as my home life goes. So I've got a safe place that I can go to. So there, you know, that's one of those things that I think a lot of people kind of turn a blind eye to. Uh, but those are all, you know, imagine if you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Um, how are you going to be able to really sit down, bear down, and finish that math test or or write out that 
composition for an English class? Absolutely. Uh, the the a, a national example that's been given over the years is is Amarillo College in Texas, uh, where the president talked about loving students to success and providing those frameworks of support to the students. Um, those are essential. Uh, we spoke about the semester. Is the semester the length of the term that we have? Is it is it is it conducive for graduation when we know that you know our summers we many if not most of us do summers or 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 winter uh, that are far shorter and we see additional success so all of those things will eventually help with graduation i don't think it's a single uh, silver bullet i don't think you take the spill voila now you're you're cured However, I don't think that we need to, to move at the glacial pace. We need to make great strides forward, and we need to make drastic strides forward. We need to equip our faculty in the classrooms to be those mentors for our students. We need to equip the front uh, uh, office uh, folks to be first responders to those uh, student situations, and we need to support our students, like you said. Food pantries, 20% uh, of the students uh, uh, in, in higher education, that's two and four years, are homeless. I mean, that's a problem. And if you're not homeless, but you're sharing your house with so many, what are the chances of you being able to focus on the education? So it goes back to a comment you made a few weeks ago about the availability of our cafeterias, the availability of our libraries when students need them. It's very easy for us to say, well, we're from eight to four and we're teaching from, from uh, eight to 10, uh, eight to four. Well, when are the students gonna be able to go to the, to the library and we're closed on weekends and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, like you said, there, there isn't necessarily you know, a simple answer to this question. There's a lot to think about. Uh, we we would love to hear what you think about this problem as well. Uh, certainly, you know, you can uh, voice your opinions in the comments below. And if you like content like this, be sure and subscribe to our channel. Ring that bell down below on YouTube so you get notification when we post new content. And certainly you can find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time on Let's Talk Ed.